Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. Hey, welcome to September 4th. Um, you know, there's so much to celebrate that's going on right now. I, I love the fact that the unemployment numbers came out today and the total unemployment is it's kind of actually shocking that now the total unemployment rate is in single digits considering it wasn't even that long ago. It was, what, almost 25%. But just, what, two months ago, they were talking about how unemployment now was the worst since like the depression or something i mean yeah. the, whatever the glorious headline was it was clickbait but still it's shocking how fast things are turning around and yet at the same time it's not because um you know of all the things we've been talking about on the podcast um with regards to basically people wanting to go back to some level of normalcy and it and really appreciate the fact that now in this economy with so much money being you know essentially made available through the fed and everything else you're going to see and we're going to see rapid um really, I think you want to call it appreciation or inflation that's going to be happening across real estate, asset classes, the hype and the momentum that it does feel like is building inside the economy is going to be like nothing we've ever experienced before. And now there is going to be a price to pay for all of that. Guys do understand that. We talk about that a lot on our podcast. But for now, the wave is definitely going to carry you to higher levels. So make sure you're riding it. Yes, absolutely. The collective unconscious out there, everybody thinking, you know, we've got to move this thing forward. We've got to get on with our lives. The enthusiasm for it. I mean, everyone is is pushing the same direction and you can really feel it in the housing market. Uh, you know, we have a continued story of uh, stymied supply and a ton of demand. And, you know, lots of great news came out last week. Went the yep. unemployment, which is now below 9%. We had the Fed coming out saying this is new policy that we're going to keep interest rates this low or possibly even lower. That was good. For at least five years, which is insane. I mean, that that by itself is pretty incredible. Well, let's drill down on that in case we have any first time listeners. Mm -hmm. I I want you guys to wrap your minds around this because this is a new concept for virtually everybody, right? Um, It is really a new concept for Julia and I as well. But here's the idea. If you're borrowing money at you know three percent or less and your house inflates in value or appreciates in value it's really inflation but people will call it infl- uh, appreciation the price goes up the price goes up right and it's it's inflating or appreciating at a higher rate than what you're paying on the interest the actual money that is going to be essentially paper value that it's going to increase and will be greater than the interest you're paying on the loan that means that the money is free do you guys realize that the u.s uh, the sovereign nation of the united states borrows money in long-term treasury the average rate is 1.5%. And you're now able to borrow money almost like you're a sovereign country yourself at essentially less than 3%. Guys, that is absolutely crazy. So look, that's going to create a massive surge of FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. If you think that we are in some kind of, um, you know, housing sellers mode in the past that was a little hard to keep up with, get ready for the surge that's going to come out of all these people that are going to essentially be looking to um, essentially spend money, buy houses and whatnot, now that we're actually seeing the end of COVID. And that's the other thing that was announced today. And by the way, guys, we have some great points to share with you on Centers of Influence and Past Clients.
science. But there's an actual, there's not just a therapy for COVID now, but there's an actual vaccine. The government, the Trump administration has essentially lived up and exceeded the expectations. Everybody was saying there wouldn't be a vaccine for at least 18 months, maybe never. There's a vaccine that's going to be hitting the market that's going to be widely distributed by the end of this year. Now, I'm not sure if I'm going to get in line first for that vaccine. No, I did read about that because that is a question. Who's going to volunteer for that? Right, I'm guessing. And in that article, they did have a picture of a guy who was volunteering for it. So people are actually doing this. Right. Um, I might be like, I might want to be like a couple weeks after. After Maybe they like start doing it, that's what I'm thinking. So. Yeah. The, the first round is supposed to go to healthcare providers, right. and people higher at risk, and stuff like that. Frontline so, deployed people, basically, yeah, which makes sense, right? Totally. So that's all well, good news. Well, so guys, look here. It is you're seeing trillions of dollars that have been pumped into the economy, long-term interest rates. The Fed is going to do everything it possibly can to fight after a recession. They're actually saying even the most conservative bears are saying the recession is over. You know, all these crazy things that are happening that have never happened before. Now, here's the flip side to it. There are historical precedents where there have been uh, recessions that have come and gone just to come back again, and then they you know, settle into being depressions. But who the hell knows? And truthfully, in this short run, being the next 12 to 24 months, it's not really that much of a concern of yours because there's nothing you can do about it anyway. So just make the most of what this market has to offer and be thankful that it is, you know, frankly, the it looks to me like the bad economic times largely are going to be in the rearview mirror as we end this year. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much to be celebrating, so much to be thankful for. Hey, guess what? It's Labor Day weekend, so you have plenty of time That's to do it. exactly <laughs> it. And so to segue into our topic, we're going to be talking about how do you actually communicate? What is a communication plan? It's actually a seven-step plan for your past clients and center of influence, lovingly known to all of you as your database. This is a very common question that we get and it's also, you know, when we've done live events with the grizzled veterans out there that have, you know, been in business for 20 or 30 years and they've done thousands of transactions and we ask them, you usually are the one asking the panelists, what would you have changed looking back? What would you have done differently? It's not, I would have spent more marketing. It's not, I would have, you know, learned to pick up the phone or done some radical thing, okay? It's not more Facebook posts. They all say the same thing. I would have done a lot better job with my database. I would have done it sooner. I would have done it more frequently. Your follow-up question is always, why? And they say, you know what? I would have spent a lot less money on all the marketing things that I tried. I would have had a lot less stress going feast to famine. Um, well, and, but and, speci- you know, to what you just said, right? That is something, and every time we have a top, panel, a top uh, producer a panel interview, that is a question I love to ask because I always know what the answer is going to be. And it's just exactly what Julie just said. And then when we ask why they didn't uh, center, follow up better and do a more effective job with centers of influence and past clients, they never have a good answer. No. You know, there's, and so the, I think really what happens is people get overwhelmed not knowing what they're supposed to do. And then they get some, sometimes they get caught in what we call the tchotchke trap, where you think you're supposed to be dropping off tchotchkes and forget-me-not seeds and pumpkin pies and following this rigid schedule of, you know, being a junk giveawayer. And you know what? You don't have to do it. And that's not what people want anyway. So what we're going to do on this podcast today is we're going to go through seven points and how to create the ultimate center of influence and past client follow-up campaign. But Julie, I'll say there is a cursory answer. I know that, that when I ask people that nowadays, mm-hmm. what's the one thing they wish they would have done in addition to following up better with their centers of influence? What? Almost all of them say they wish they would have joined EXP Royalty sooner. Well, that's true. So I mean, they that's... can say thank you past 
fill in your blank exactly. name. Exactly. But that is what they say. Yes. They do specifically say, I wish I would have joined eXp Realty sooner because I underestimated the opportunity. Um, and if you guys want to talk with Julie and I about being partners in our eXp Realty group, we've made it super simple for you. Just text me directly at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. If you're interested just in learning more about eXp, you're not really, you know, you're just getting ready to get started kind of uh, in your learning phase. Go ahead and text the word EXP to 31996. Go ahead and text the word EXP to 31996. And we'll text you back a nine-minute video that will answer virtually all your questions about EXP. But when you're ready to move forward and you want to partner with Julie and I at EXP and be part of our EXP team, go ahead and just text me directly at 512-758-0206. Oh, and I do have a new announcement. What's that? All right, guys. I'm going to officially announce this today. Though hopefully we're ready, nothing's going to break. Julie and I are actually going to start a national real estate team. And the reason we're doing that, frankly, is because we can do it because of our association with eXp and it makes it simple because they're licensed in all 50 states, Canada, and a whole bunch of other countries. So we are actually going to build a national real estate uh, team, an actual real estate team, but the team is not going to be a traditional team. Um, the benefits and what you're going to get by being part of, uh, it's called Harris Homes and Estates. And the benefits you can get are all available on the website, Harris Homes and Estates. And again, it's a little, I just, we just literally got this approved by eXp to start talking about this. But if you're interested in being, working directly with Julie and I as part of our real estate team, then you can just go to Harris Homes and Estates and check out the uh, website um, and uh, fill out the application. And we're going to be taking agents in all markets and, and the countries, obviously, the DXP is also licensed in. And our goal is to start a lead, helping you guys, obviously, lead generate, do all the things that we do as far as our coaching program. But we're also then going to build a very tight referral network where you guys can start exchanging referrals uh, between all of you. Um, and yeah, so this, I think, if this is implemented correctly, we should uh, be one of the largest producing real estate teams in the country. So do consider checking that out, Harris Homes and Estates. All right, uh, harrishomesandestates.com, harrishomesandestates.com. All right, so this is fun. We've got uh, seven powerful points for you to organize your center of influence past client database. Point number one, Mrs. Harris. Yes, and please do not overcomplicate this. This is just like the, the simplest, best system you do these seven things, and you will never be one of those grizzled veterans saying, I would have, I should have, I wish I would have done this sooner and faster and more consistently. Okay, first one, most important, you have to actually have an organized database to work your database. So the first thing, of course, they're all going to ask, what's the best CRM, right? Well, they all basically do the same thing. Your first thing to look at is, what does your broker already pay for for you? and use that if you're not already. And of course, eXp has a great CRM that comes with the program. So that's the easy button as well. Well, that is actually a very fascinating problem that agents seem to have because they overanalyze what CRM to use. Now, if for some reason your you know, broker doesn't, and maybe you're your own broker and you're you know not wanting to associate with whatever, right? You're just doing your own thing. Use whatever CRM, this is the real bottom line answer, use whatever CRM you'll use, but all you need, you do not need a fancy drip campaign, which we're about to talk about in a second. What you need, the bottom line is just something very simple to organize contact information that will then set reminders for you to follow up with the people in 30 days, you know, based on the previous conversation you'd had. And we're going to explain all that in a second. And you can use all kinds of free CRMs for that. Um, you know, you could use those of you who are still using like Microsoft Outlook. That works just fine. So what we're saying is you don't need a fancy, expensive CRM. 
Um, 99% of the time, the most basic CRMs will work just perfectly. It's when you guys get seduced by the idea that you need these complicated drip campaigns, 33 touch and all this other garbage that basically is overly complicated. That's when you get seduced into overspending. And that's also the slippery slope into believing that you need to start basically dropping off tchotchkes and spending a lot of money on your centers of influence of past clients, even though that isn't what they want. Statistically, guys, the number of the number of leads and business you get from long-term lead follow-up is zero. It's virtually nothing. So unless you, you know, and we're going to tell you exactly what the anecdote to that is so that you do have a better return on your time and money invested. Julie? Yes. I And I can tell you from coaching clients, the more complicated their CRM is, the less likely they are to do anything with it. So it just negates the purpose. Keep it simple, guys. Okay, number two, no drip campaigns. They don't work. You guys get frustrated by them all the time. You pray to the real estate gods that if I just keep on being consistent, that somehow the leads will come to me. They're garbage. Who wants to have the same? Look, do not send me any recipes. (laughs) <laughs> do not do not drop stuff off at our door. Do please do not uh, you know drip your junk on us. Please, that's just oh, that sounds disgusting. It's a little weird. Too. It's weird, but guys, these whole drip campaigns when they when they were uh, when they came out conceptually back in the '90s and the early 2000s, you know everyone thought that was going to somehow make it so they didn't have to actually do real work in real estate, which is making direct proactive contacts to their centers of influence and past clients. They thought it was the panacea. Oh, finally, I figured out a way to hack actually having to do real work. Well, maybe initially when you know people would get like four emails a day back in the olden days in the 90s, maybe then a drip campaign would work because it would be one of the emails that people would open. But now the problem is, is your centers of influence and past clients, they're not just getting drip campaigns from you. They're getting drip campaigns from everybody. Every possible business sends these sort of repetitiously boring emails and you know all kinds of solicitations. And then what happens is not only does your email not even ever get noticed or opened, but it gets spammed. And you then are, this is the ultimate uh, problem with all of it, because you're fooling yourself because you have so many people in your database that you're dripping on. You actually fool your, that gives you a false sense of security. That's the reason, really, the what you have to accept is long-term lead follow-up through drip campaigns especially is a waste of time. Agents who generally speak, who have these huge you know, leads, not centers of influence of past clients, mostly leads that they're dripping on are usually the agents who don't have the skills to actually pre-qualify those leads to determine, you know, what their true motivation is. And so what you guys do a lot of times is you just rush to throw these poor souls into your drip campaigns, hoping and praying that one day they're going to raise their hands and say, yes, help me with the real estate transaction. And maybe occasionally, you know, you have somebody that emails you back or responds. And that's some sort of a glimmer of hope that you won't ever have to do the real work of real estate. And that then continues to lulls, it lulls you into even more complacency about actually learning how to do the real work of real estate. That's it. So point number three, you are to contact, a contact is an actual conversation with a decision-making adult about real estate. Contact everyone in your database by phone once a month. That's right. You're going to have to make some phone calls and we're going to talk about what to say. Then supplement that with video. And video, I think more... Ne- I think it's more important now than ever since everybody's gone to Zoom and video has become less weird for folks. Right. I think it's really critical to not be doing video right now. It's almost like you don't know what's going on. So, so, so what she's saying, and, and just to be very clear, is if you only can do one thing, make the phone call. Yes. Okay. But what we'll suggest you do is you make a phone call that's supplemented with just a, a, a short video. 
And um, we are actually going to be partnering. We're creating a, um, a product for you guys with viral marketing. And if you want to learn more about it, it's pretty cool. Just uh, go t- actually just text the word database to 31996. Text the word database to 31996. And what it is is uh, Frank, the owner of Viral Marketing, has written a script that wor- he says works really well, which will allow you to actually send out um, a video using his script to your centers of influence and past clients. And the whole purpose of the video is to generate list leads, which is perfect, right? So text the word database to 31996. Text the word database to 31996. Yes, that's right. So how are you going to contact everybody in your database once a month? Well, let's do some simple math. So first, my, you know, kind of micro point on this is the goal is not to have two or 3,000 people in your database. Of course, you're not going to be able to get through all of that in a month. You want to make sure that you've got actual real contact information that if I were to talk to that person, they could tell me who you are. Well, let's so purify the database as part of this. You just said something that's really important. So there's two types of lists that you guys always get confused. There's your centers of influence and your past clients, and then there's everybody else. And what you guys do is you mix the list, and then you essentially made your list crap. So you do not want to be trying to do any kind of generalized marketing using video, for example, to the masses. It is a complete and utter waste of time. We tell this to you guys every single day on the podcast, trying to create a a bunch of social media content to try to build some mythical online brand is a waste of time. Now, with that said, you do definitely want to love on your centers of influence and past clients. You do definitely want to call them, and Julie and I are going to give you some script outlines to use in a second, and then you do want to supplement with with video and you do these things in combination because and you'll feel comfortable and confident doing it because you know you're going to be delivering information that they're going to want to have as it pertains to the real estate um, uh, market. Just think about what Julie and I talked about at the top of this podcast, right? We just told you guys, and we talk about this every day on our show, look at the interest rates, long-term interest rates. Look at, for example, if you're, you know, obviously your focus needs to be fo- on sellers. So you could call your sellers and you could you know, send them a video and you could explain to them what inflation effect is going to have on property values. You can explain to them right now if they lock in a long-term low interest rate that the central, the inflation on the property will actually, you know, more or less pay for the property, at least in the short run. Run. Who knows for how many years, but there it goes. And so maybe if they've been fence sitting and thinking about uh, moving up in a house, maybe move, maybe skipping a couple moves, which is a good move for a lot of you guys to consider when talking with some of your prospective buyers. Because if they can get a long-term low interest rate, Julie, what is a million dollars borrowed at three percent? What'd you tell me? It's like twenty-eight hundred bucks yeah, or something. Yeah, it's like incredibly cheap. Right, and so people might want to just skip the next natural move and go to the move that they would be considering, you know, ten years from now, mm-hmm. because they can take advantage of the low interest rates. And frankly, because assuming this inflation kicks in, they're going to essentially have their ship rise along with everybody else's. Yeah, and you know, it's been really interesting to hear from coaching clients that is it a little side development from low interest rates is that people who normally would be very adverse to buying first and then selling are now comfortable with it because the payment's so small. That's right. What are you going to have, like two months? And because they know their old house is probably going to sell right Right. away. So that, I mean, that's a fantastic thing that usually people will fight on that. So that's just one minor point. And you guys, we provide content for you that you can share with, We, you know, the content's written for you guys for your own information, but you could certainly take the information from timandjulieharris.com, our website, every day, what, four, six, sometimes 10 new articles. Go and read the articles and use some of that content when you're thinking about what to share with your centers of influence and past clients. This information that excites you about housing will excite them as well. 
That's right. So what you're talking about, Tim, is two critical things when you're communicating, whether it's by phone or by video. There's two things that have to happen. One is what you just mentioned, something of value, which we supply them all day long every single day. Can't use that as an excuse. And secondly, a call to action. What are they supposed to do about it? So if you only do the first one, it's kind of like you're a public service announcement. And you're just, that's great information. Fantastic. Thank you. But you also have to always remember to have a call to action. Can you talk about that a little bit? Right. So the call to action, here's the, for example, and this is a very simple call to action. We don't, you should not be real aggressive. And the climate right now, uh, sort of the nature and how people uh, react to, uh, you know, asking for a direct solicitation is is not going to be positive in the current environment that we're experiencing in the country. But if you ask the question like this, so you're going to call them up every single month, and this is just an overview. And the first call is going to go something like this. Hey, this is Tim Harris with ABC Realty. So listen, I've been getting a lot of communication, calls, emails, texts from my friends, family, people I know, love, and care about, and they're all seemingly concerned about what's going on with property values. So what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to start calling um, all of you guys every single month and giving you a very quick snapshot of what's going on in the housing market and what's going on with your home's value so you don't have to worry. And I've got your first report ready for you now, right? Now you can do an abbreviated version of that, but you guys get the gist of it. And if you listen to what I said, I'm calling all the people I know, love, and care about. You are telling them why you're calling them. You get it? That's going to be something that immediately is going to make them uh, feel appreciated because you're showing appreciation. And then all I want you to do is give them a quick snapshot of what the home's value is. And by doing that, you may, I, all I, just go to the MLS, find out how many it, – it's an absorption snapshot. So find out how many homes are currently for sale. Find out how long it's taking for the inventory to sell off. So if there's, for example, you know, 5,000 homes in your MLS, and last month 2,500 – I'm making this way too simple, but you guys get the idea. And there's 2,500 homes that sold. Assuming the inventory stays roughly the same, you're going to be looking at two months – inventory on the market. Now, it's a way oversimplification, but that's really all you'll really need to do. You can get all this information from the MLS, but do have at the ready more drilled down information, the statistics right from the MLS if you do have somebody that wants more specifics. So then you're just going to give them a quick snapshot. Mr. Seller right now, or you know, Mr. Past Client, Center of Influence, Friend, Family, you know, uh, the market right now is still very much favoring sellers. And based on the inventory, based on the days in the market, the average home is sitting on the market for like 12 days. And at least the last few sales we've had, they sold for over asking price. So what I'm here to tell you is you are in the right place at the right time. And congratulations for being a homeowner. Um, you know, by the way, and this is how you just ask them if they have any questions. So, you know, just basically loop the conversation and there'll obviously be natural conversation going back and forth. And then you say this, these are your two calls to action. Say, would you like me to do a more drilled down um, appraisal or CMA of your home? Would you like me to uh, email you a more drilled down report? Actually, I've already started on it, so I could just send it to you later today. And that way you'll get a real clear idea of what your home's worth. They will or they won't say yes. Now, if they say yes, say, all right, perfectly. Say, all right, perfect. I'll work on this and I'll send it over to you today. By the way, are you thinking about putting your house on the market or are you just asking for this for the sake of just, you know, like I said, for knowing what the value is going to be? Feel them out to see if they have any real motivation because if you don't ask that question and all you asked was if you could provide the CMA, don't think that they're going to bridge the gap mentally and emotionally to then assume that you want to list the house, right? You have to be overt and offering to 
you have service helping them buy or sell a home. Now, let's just say, no, they don't want the, the more detailed drilled down CMA from you. Thank you for calling. And then this is how you end the call, no matter how, what, you know, course of action you're taking. You say, oh, by the way, Julie, who do you know who's thinking about buying or selling in this market that I should be helping? And that is the script to memorize. By the way, it's not do you know anyone because they, they're not going to give it much thought. They'll just say nobody comes to mind. Right. It's who do you know. That's such an important one word distinction. Who do you know who could use my help buying or selling real estate? Okay. You, you could preface that as well and drill down even more and say who are the one or two people that, you, that are top of mind who, yeah. who, you, who I should be helping right now to buy or sell their home in this market. That's what we're saying, guys. You have to be overt asking for the business. Every call, every time. You know, I, co I teach our uh, coaching clients to do that even when they're doing like just normal lead follow-up where maybe a lead says, well, I'm not ready right now. You know, don't talk to me for a year or so. I don't have my financing together. A call like that, you can still ask, who do you know? Who, could, who else do you know who could use my help buying or selling? That's the script to memorize. They don't ask for the business because they get stuck in their head of what to say. It's such a simple thing to say. And people are very receptive because you're not directly saying at that point to you, when do you plan on selling? Okay, if they're planning on selling, they're gonna tell you because it's about them. It's a brilliant script because it's easy to memorize, it's short, and you can use it with virtually everybody you talk to. That's right. And one of the things that we like about what viral marketing does is they actually interview you guys once a month uh, talking about your housing, your homes, you know, the values in your marketplace, right? They'll interview you and then they slice those into short little videos and then they send those to your centers of influence and past clients. But look, you cannot just think that by itself is going to get the job done. You have to supplement it with a phone call like what Julie and I always tell you guys to do. The proactive always wins. The passive rarely does. So yes, do the viral marketing videos to supplement the actual calls. Just doing the videos by themselves will not get the same, anywhere close the same result than making the calls. And if you can only do one, choose to just make the calls. If you want to hear or learn more about viral marketing, obviously just text the word database, no space, database to 31996. Next point, Mrs. Harris? Yes. All right. And you're right because some of them are thinking, I'll just do oh, the I know video it. and not do the call. Of course. Don't do that. Don't Yeah, don't that. do that. If you, if you guys are going to not make the calls, don't do the video. That's right. That's the bottom Good line. Point. All right. Number four consistency. Again, I go to our grizzled veterans brains on this. One of the things they said was I would have not just done, you know, done it at all. It's the consistency of it. You have to schedule this every month. Call the same people at the same time. Program them that you are the go-to person, that you are there for them. You're going to keep that information coming. That's another thing that viral does is it kind of forces them into a schedule. So that's right. kind of nice because they're getting interviewed every month. They have to do it. Well, so that goes back to the original point of as having your CRM. So here's the thought for you. Here's what your life should look like. You're going to schedule in that you called and you're going to take your whole database and maybe it's 50 people, not maybe it's 500 people. If it's much more than that, truthfully, unless you've been in the real estate business for a long time or a really, really social person, you probably got a lot of fluff in your database, right? So if you got to form your database from at, right out of the gates, the simplest way to do it is go to your phone, go to your old phone, go to your, your old email, go every place you can possibly imagine. And again, Put real centers of influence and past clients people in there. Your old neighbors, people you may have known from church, people you know from work, old anything like that. Think, or, and then obviously your customers, your recent customers, anyone you currently do business with. Those are the people that go into this list. The further out you get from the core people, like for example, think to yourself when you're deciding whether or not you want to enter, uh, add someone to your database or not, that if you had to call them up and you're going to call them up today, 
Do they have to remember who the hell you are? Because if they do, they don't go on that list. There's a simple litmus test for you. And then if you're building it, just go and make a point of every single day until you've exhausted all your leads lists or your, your centers of influence and past clients leads lists. Add two or three of them into your CRM every single day. Every single day, your homework is going to be go and research two or three people, add them to your list. And by adding them, you're going to call them and you're going to use our scripts and you're going to then obviously start building the center of influence past client list. Now, if you've got a big CRM, if you've got a bunch of people in there and you've been doing a really crappy job of following up with them, which is the case for most of you, I've got good news for you. They don't know that you have not been following up with them. They haven't been keeping track. They're not, they don't have an egg timer saying, you know what? That Julie Harris hasn't called me for six months. They don't know. Okay. So, so don't use, don't use that as your excuse not to uh, reach out to them just because you have never called them or you've only mailed them and you've always been passive. You know what you've been doing doesn't work and you're going to start doing the stuff that does work. Well, guess what? It's a perfect time to start. No one's going to criticize you. They're not going to actually have remembered the last time they came in contact with you. Matter of fact, it's just the opposite. What's going to happen is, is when you call them up, do not use our scripts. Do not apologize for not having called them. Do not apologize. Don't make some weird situation. Don't create an objection when they didn't even have it in their head. Call them up. Use our scripts just like you'd call them 30 days ago. That's it. That's how you start. Don't make some weird sort of vibe in the, on the call, making it uncomfortable for everybody, right? Maybe do a little homework on them prior to calling if you haven't contacted them in a while. Go to their social. See what's going on in their lives. Make sure they're still alive. All that good stuff. I mean, these are important, right? Yes, indeed. So that was actually point number five. Grow your database. The goal should be at least 10% per month, and there is a 10% rule, which I've seen most of our coaching clients, because they do this plan, get well more than 10%, but the 10% rule is when you do these things, okay, so just having a list that exists doesn't count. You have to actually do the points that we're going through. When you do that, you'll get at least a 10% return. So if you've got a, a great past client center of influence database of 100 people, you'll get 10 fairly easy deals out of that every year assuming you communicate with them. So obviously, if you've got 200 people, the 10% rule, you'll get 20 pretty easy deals. Okay, and so I would contend most of our clients get more than that. Okay, but here again is the problem. Some of you are just heard Julie do the math, and now you're going to start saying, oh, what if I have 10,000? Yeah, exactly. And I start dripping on them. And I start, you know, basically showering them with all these tchotchkes, hoping and praying that they're going to do business with me. I mean, what? Okay, that's where you guys make the mistake. Because remember, the idea of building a huge database of people you're going to farm to, or the people you're going to, you know, geographically market to, and all this other stuff, it doesn't work. It doesn't work at a high enough level to even consider doing. That's the reason that when you're actually going to drill down on centers of influence and past client list, your goal is not to have a huge list. Your goal actually is have the smaller list that's responsive. Otherwise, the 10% rule that Mrs. Harris just gave you won't actually work. And at the same time, you should also be focusing on trying to grow your database by 10% per month. Call the same people the same day of every single month using the scripts that we give you as far as our coaching program and keep the conversations focused on the things that matter to them, which is being of service. Don't talk about yourself. They really don't care. Okay, focus on them and being of service to them and always end every single contact with, oh, by the way. Who do you know is thinking about buying or selling that I should be helping in this marketplace? Now, what's going to happen is after you make those contacts the first month, they're going to you're probably going to generate no leads. And that's probably going to be true for the second month. But what happens after you, they realize that you are indeed going to call them every single month 
and you're going to you know bring something of value to them they're actually going to start overtly looking for uh, agents i'm sorry overtly looking for folks to refer to you it's the law of reciprocity it's not really a law but it's the way it works and just think of it this way if you're walking into you know uh, listen to me i was about to say walking into a starbucks who does that anymore <laughs> but let's say it's this year next time when you're walking into a, a starbucks where you're allowed to stand next to people and you don't have to wear a mask the good old days right and somebody opens a door for you aren't you going to feel sort of like there's almost this un this un, like this debt that has to be paid where you have to somehow reciprocate that kindness. Haven't you guys noticed that? We all feel that way, but that's what happens when you build up that unpaid balance in the mind of your centers of influence and past clients. When you contact them with something of value every single month, no, not all of them are going to feel that way, but a vast majority of them will, especially when you supplement it with a great video that's going to give them even more drilled down information on what's going on in the market. Your ultimate goal with your centers of influence and past client is to have them think real estate and think your name. There is a direct correlation. There is no doubt that Tim and Julie Harris in, you know, mean real estate, right? That's how you guys have to basically be associating with your centers of influence and past clients as well. And if you're just getting started, it can be a small list, 25 people. It will grow over time. But Julie's statistic, about 10% of those people will send you business every single year. That is completely accurate. And again, over time, as you become more successful, as you basically have a bigger list, that's the reason that these agents, you hear us interview them, uh, the agents that have been in the business a long time, the most successful agents in the country, they can actually start focusing more on centers of influence and past clients because the numbers, the large, the law of large numbers actually works in their favor at that point because that they have 500, 600,000 people, their true centers of influence and past clients. Guys, a lot of these guys, they don't really have to do a heck of a lot of work outside of just, you know, loving on those people to build and have very consistent businesses because well, the numbers work in their favor. That's right. And in fact, at that level, they're more of a lead follow-up business than they are a marketing or prospecting business because they've done such a killer job on this. And remember, to our previous point, when you're talking about some of these veterans that you interview that have a database of you know 500 people, remember that those were not random 500 people. Those were not, quote, leads or impressions. These were honest-to-God past clients or close centers of influence Let's that they give an built example. over years, yeah. not just throwing everybody that shows up in there. So when Julie and I sold real estate, yes, it was a thousand years ago, but mm -hmm. we sold real estate in the 90s. We always sold between 100 and 200 houses a year for almost a decade. And then our coaching business took off. But one of the things that we would always do is we tagged the, the true source of all of our transactions. And what we found after about two or three years that um, you know, essentially, almost probably 60, 55 or 60 percent of all of our deals came directly from centers of influence and past clients. Now they came from centers of influence, and and this is where Julie was involved in an orchestra where we sold real estate, and we would get lots of referral business from those orchestra players. We would get lots of business from all these little sources that were not even past clients from the real estate perspective, but just social contacts. Well, our first database was in fact your uh, our our car cleaning and detailing business That's right. that we had had in college. And some of those deals came from, because they, I mean, they had trusted us cleaning their high-end cars and that was the only database we had. That's right. And you know, we've had a lot of coaching clients that have come from different places. Like um, I have some great uh, pilots that are just really in the airline industry. We've got people that used to sell cell phones and cars and all kinds of things. So even if you just got your license, like just now, and you're thinking, I don't have a database, you do. You've got your close friends. Again, the litmus test is, we call them right now, they can tell us who you are. 
They might even have your phone number and you're in their phone. They've got to be that close to you. But so, but to that point though, you might not have more than 10 people. That's okay. It's a start. Take right. really good care of those 10 and keep building. So how do you build your center of influence and past client list? I mean, we could tell you a whole bunch of fakey jakey stuff that everyone else tells it's you, but, but it, it's, it is the real bottom line guys is after you've gone through and let's say you've really done a great job and you've only pull, pulled out maybe 10 or 15 people that can be your true center of influence and past client list. That's actually kind of a blessing because it gives you more focus on those people. But ultimately, that means you have to learn how to proactively lead generate and create past clients from the transactions that you've done. But center of influence and past clients uh, are always the first spoke that we tell all of you guys to put on your lead generation wheel. There's a whole chapter about it in our best-selling book, Harris Rules. If you've not purchased that book yet, what the heck are you waiting for? It's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. It's, you know, we've seen it for sale. It's, it's for sale at Walmart. It's for sale at uh, Costco. It's for sale at Target. It's for sale at airports. It's for sale everywhere. So if you've not gotten the book, it is also available in an audible format. And the guy who read the book is fantastic. So definitely get the book Harris Rules and it'll give you more drill down. Um, and if you're wanting to learn more about the coaching program, we've got a great opportunity and we do have two more points. And these are bonus points. So get ready for our bonus points. You'll love these last two points. But if a lot of you guys are texting, emailing, asking, and saying, I want to get involved in the coaching program. You know, you're wanting to essentially build momentum into next year. And I get it. That's smart. We've made it super easy for you. You can join the free coaching program, and then you can migrate over to Premier Coaching. And that's what a lot of you guys are doing. Hundreds of you guys are doing that per month. So to join the free coaching program, all you have to do is text the word SURVIVAL to 31996. Text the word SURVIVAL to 31996. You then will be texted back a link. Click the link, activate your free membership. You will, along with um, the free membership, you're also going to be invited to the daily semi-private coaching call that we do um, where you can essentially listen to others, ask their questions, and ask your own tough real estate questions. Um, and then we do give you the real estate treasure map, Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate. I mean, there's what, eight or nine books that we give them and guides and whatnot. Yeah. So that is the first step to becoming a regular coaching member of ours. And it's free. So we've made it super simple for you. Go ahead and text the word survival to 31996. All right, two bonus points. And these yes. next points are hilarious, actually. They are. Okay, so point number six is you have to do something for client appreciation now, we call it past client appreciation event, but certainly your center of influence can go to that as well. One of the best examples that I have for my uh, elite coaching clients is John Walkinshaw, who sells real estate in Orangeville in uh, in Canada. Okay. He's, he's number, he was number five at or six at or maybe nine at Royal LePage, Canada's largest real estate broker. And he just recently moved over to EXP. Right. He's joined our EXP group and he's going to be probably the number one EXP or number two or three EXP agent in all of Canada. So if you're Canadian, you're listening and you want to join EXP, just text the word, e actually just text me directly and I'll put you in contact with John, 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. Or you can also find him on the interwebs, John Walkinshaw. By the way, he does great videos. So, yeah. yes, he does a killer job on that. But why do I bring John up is because he does one of the most beautiful events for his past clients and center of influence that I've ever seen. And I've seen the, you know, pictures and videos and I, I've seen the, the letters of appreciation that he gets from his uh, past client center of influence. Now, he actually does call all of them and invite them. This is basically a Christmas party at an actual Christmas tree farm. They do it up. <laughs> 
they have all kind. You know, they have pictures with Santa, and they have um, apple cider and hot chocolate and the whole thing. But this is like the biggest Christmas party. That's ever. a hilarious idea. It's fantastic. It's so it's beautiful, and so he's also providing a place for them to do their holiday cards with their you know their family, etc. But uh, how does he get people to show up? He calls them. He does videos. He sends it out. He makes sure they're going to show and up. And he's paying for the Christmas tree? He he doesn't give them a Christmas tree. He holds it at a Christmas tree farm so ah. they can get their tree there. Um, but he has like the, this whole, I mean, it's so big. He actually has like a bloopers reel from the event. Well, that's it's an amazing. iteration That's an iteration of the idea that you had about we had, what was it called? Oh, the Pumpkin Fest. Thing. Pumpkin Fest, yeah, right. Yeah, the pumpkin thing is great. I like these especially. And we're coming up on October. Yes, and, you know, a lot of people are a little bit nervous. Tell them about Because it. of the COVID thing, right? These are events that are outside, so these are great. Um, the Pumpkin Fest is super easy, and this is a great time to put it together. You find your local pumpkin farmers, which all of you have pretty much nearby, and they're getting ready. They're doing their orders for grocery stores, right? So they know about what their inventory is going to be. You can buy them wholesale. They can deliver them to you. We started out doing it at our house, then eventually we in our front yard. Front yard, yeah, which was we fun. did. Um, then we took it to an elementary school. So, so here's the gist of it. So the gist of it is yeah. basically you buy a bunch of pumpkins, um, and then when we were doing it in our front yard, we would buy the pumpkins and just let people come by and, t- and take them. Yeah, you know, and so you, you know can what? do that. I mean, it doesn't have to be a bajillion yeah. dollar thing. But what it evolved, we could only do that for a year or two, and we had so many people coming and mobbing the pumpkins, it was a little crazy. Not to mention the fact there was. You know, we are pumpkin farmers pretty much. It was <laughs> amazing. You know, it was, but it was fun, right? It was a blast. But here's where we evolved it to. We actually, there was a, and this was when we were in New Albany, there was a um, elementary school that was p- a perfectly positioned at the entry and exit to the community in a perfect spot. And we asked the principal if we could use the parking lot for the pumpkin fest and if we could also run, um, have the Red Cross do a blood drive at the same time. Now, I'm going to put all these pieces together for you. The principal said yes, and then we went to Starbucks and asked the local Starbucks um, if they could um, sort of provide coffee and whatnot and, you know, the whole thing. And the the manager was a past client from real estate. Right, and and the manager there, Tristan, actually, I remember her name, really wonderful gal. She was one of our centers of influence and past clients. How about that? And we met her by, guess what, buying coffee every morning. So she then uh, would provide us coffee for this event. I don't even know how many pumpkins we bought, like two or 300. It It was was insane. Yeah. yeah, we got to the point where the farmers would actually do all the labor for us. We didn't have to do it anymore. Well, pumpkins get heavy after about the 20th one, you know? Yeah, and some of those in Ohio <laughs> were massive. Tristan, yeah. those, those... by the way, sells real estate now. Does she really? Yes, she does. Why haven't we gotten her in DXP? I don't know. She, i got to talk to Rochelle knows her really Can well, you write so, that down? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so moving forward. With, that's funny. Of course I she know. does. So moving forward, you know who else sells real estate now? Who? Our old travel agent. Oh, that's right, Richard. Yeah. yeah. I know. We convinced crazy? everyone to get real estate licenses. I know. But <laughs> well, point being is that these these past client center of influence appreciation events can be a lot of fun. You know, I've I've there's a whole list in Premier Coaching. So the the Red Cross would do the reason we did it with the Red Cross is um, well, obviously we wanted to expand it so that it was a charity. Um, and the Red Cross would work it so that they would do the blood drive. But here's the little hidden benefit of the Red Cross. They've got very high-level local press tie-ins. And when they do a uh, press release saying they're going to be, you know, this is the gist of it. And it would show up in all the papers, sometimes even the citywide papers. You know, in conjunction with Tim and Julie Harris, we're going to be doing this da-da-da-da-da at this particular location. And then here's the amazing part. Anybody that lived in anywhere, you know, I don't even know how large of a circumference around where we were doing it. They would then uh, actually telemarket, call them. The volunteers at the Red Cross would call the people that had previously donated blood and invited them to our event 
to essentially donate blood again. So we had all this free press from the Red Cross, all these people that were obviously trying to proactively lead generate on our behalf to get people to attend. Um, eventually, the pumpkins went for sale. We did not take any money from that. We would sp- we would donate all the money from the pumpkin sale uh, to whatever again local charity there was. Or Some- you know a charity that's involved in your center of influence list. Right. Remember we did one year with uh, Westerville Symphony because yep. that was where a lot of our business was coming from anyway. Right. So you can tie all these bits and pieces together, right? And what we just described was the development of maybe four or five years of doing this. This is kind of a hard thing to do for your first one. But maybe only do a blood drive for your first one. That's fine. Everybody's looking at that right now, talking about, you know, the whole COVID thing. Um, and they'll do the blood mobile. You don't have to rent an elementary school. You can just have the blood mobile show up. Do something. Get your feet wet. Get started with this. But as far as the pumpkin idea goes, that got to be such a huge idea that we had to order every year more and more pumpkins because people anticipated it. Yeah, they look still forward, hear about that. Yeah, the they, they look forward to it. Well, it's because it became a, almost, I mean, had we stayed in Ohio, which we couldn't deal with the weather and the snow and whatnot, so we had to, we had to break up with Ohio. But had we stayed there, that was quickly becoming a tradition. And that's what John Walkinshaw's event is up in yes. uh, you know, Canada. But here's another simpler idea. If you guys don't want to go in the agro business with Christmas trees <laughs> and pumpkins, right? Yeah. Um, you could also just do, and this is a very old idea, but it works really great. There's always some family-friendly, feel-good type movie that comes out every year. And I go, I know, guys, it's COVID and all that. But this, I think, frankly, well, did you know, Julie, the movie theaters are opening up again? Oh, that's awesome. And you have people rushing back to movie theaters. Did you know that? It's all part of the renaissance. I know. It's the renaissance. I think we're right about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so in any event, whatever local, I'm sorry, whatever national feel-good Christmas story type situation comes out that's appropriate for families, you want to um, consider renting your local movie theater. Now, I'll give you a little secret here. It's like 500 bucks, sometimes 250 bucks, and other times for free because they know the people showing up are going to buy popcorn and you know pop and whatnot, and that's where they're going to make their money. So what you want to do is you want to have this you know free family movie day that you're sponsoring at whatever local movie theater is, and then you want to send them an invite it digitally. It's, it's all you have to do, and there's plenty like e-invite. There's tons of ways to do it digitally, and then call all of them and then also tie it into some kind of food drive for the holidays. This is what we always did. So the the cost of admission, in quotes, is they have to bring some food that you can then donate to the local food pantry. And we did that every year. I remember after September 11th, Julie at our house in New Albany, we did a event where that was basically the gist of it was raising money. Who were we raising money for? You remember? I think that that Something was, to do with veterans, wasn't it? Yeah, it was something veterans, and they had to do... It was a food donation. Yeah, it was a food donation. But yeah. we had so much food donated. I mean, we, Julie and I, are, <laughs> we had no idea what we were walking into. We had so many cans of food, we had to go rent a U-Haul truck. And we had to employ basically all of our neighbors to load up this U-Haul truck. And then the first... We had several places we were going to take the food to to donate, mostly canned goods. The first place turned us away because they couldn't handle all the donation. And we ended up basically having to donate it to a couple churches, which was wonderful. What a nice problem yeah. to have. Um, and great. then, but here's how we did this. Do you remember how we had that house set up? The house set up? I remember all the flags in the front yard. And yep, uh, the flags. And, and it was, it, it. people were very patriotic. It was near the end of, you know, after September 11th. But we had,
had, do you remember we had somebody in the basement? We had the fireplace going. We had a pianist. We had a pianist. We had, but we had somebody doing yeah. palm reading. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that was Rochelle's <laughs> idea, right? That was in the basement. People yeah. would stand up. But there was, a, I don't know, how many house, we had, what, two or 300 people circulate yeah, through. It was great. We had no clue that many people were going to no, show up. because we ran out of cake. I remember we had a big patriotic cake. And right. We ran out. Yeah, and so that's, you know, that's the appreciation plus a food drive connected to a charity. Um, we like to do toy drives as well. That can be a fun one. Well, I mean, that, so let's yeah. talk about that. I mean, there's another great thing. So um, every year, now this, Julie and I do this now personally. This is one of the things that we, I don't know if we're going to do it here because I don't know if we can. But Julie and I would go to several um, Kids R Us stores. And we would go to the layaway department and um, we would basically pay off um, usually all the layaways, but the stuff what had to be a certain kind of stuff. So if it was like some sort of expensive, you know, um, big screen TV, big, you know, whatever. We're stuck right, with toy we're, Right. We were looking to pay off the layaways that were for kids that were five years or younger. That's what we were looking to pay off. And they would, uh, we would t- uh, ask how much all the layaways were worth and they would tell us. And it was always a funny experience because they didn't know what the hell to do with it because no one ever actually does that. And so we'd say, well, we'd like to pay all of them off that are, you know, obviously dominated by toys for younger kids. And then they would end up paying, we would give them a credit card and they would pay every single one of them off and give us a receipt for every single one of the layaways they paid off. And then they would then call up the people and say, guess what, somebody paid off your layaway. We did not call them, we did not ask for press, we did not ask for adulation, we did not ask for thank you. We just did that, and we certainly did that in Texas when we lived in Ohio. Do stuff like that, but you guys don't have to do it that covertly like we did. You we could just do, like to do that. We just like to do and it. And you, you know what's, what's amazing about the whole layaway thing? How many of those that we paid off were like $35? Almost all of them. What a gift to give to a family that had to put something like that Toys for Christmas I know. and layaway. I know. You know for for that cheap. I mean, if you want to, we got to figure out a way to do that here. Yeah, we'll we'll figure out. I'll, I'll talk to my dumbest contacts. Yeah, because there is no, yeah. I don't. There's no Toys R Us here. No. So where do pe- people buy their kids from Amazon or their Walmart. kids' toys from Amazon or Walmart? Well, well, maybe way, maybe Walmart is where we do it. That's probably the way to do it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so- but so you know we have well, this is this has become sounding like an idea fest, but really there's so many ideas, and we do teach this in. Premier Coaching, we actually have a 12-month center of influence plan where we have suggestions of, you know, different ideas for each month. You can do something for the 4th of July. We talked about pumpkins. We talked about a toy drive. So the point is to do something because people love it. And we're at the perfect time of year to do it. Because this is the time of year where people are naturally more in gratitude. Mm -hmm. They're naturally going to be I'm essentially guys, think what we're coming up against towards the end of this year. A cure for this freaking horrible global pandemic. <laughs> we're looking for, we're ab- obviously walking into a, what's going to feel like very much a massive recovery in the economy. People are going to be feeling, re- honestly, guys, the joyous nature of how people are going to feel because of the fact that they've been under so much emotional pressure is going to be like nothing we've ever experienced in our lives. Now, are Julie and I optimists? Yes, we are. But guess what? It's a hell of a lot more, I think, enjoyable in life being an optimist than looking for just the negative headlines. So you guys, open your minds. I know we have one more point. Open your minds to wherever and however you can be of contribution to your centers of influence and past clients. And hopefully those ideas from point number six will uh, juice your uh, creative energies. Now, point number seven. Point number seven. There are going to be people on your list who are like your AAA rock stars. Who are those people? The ones that actually sent you referrals. Now, 
do not pre-qualify whether the referral worked out or not. That's right. not the point. The point is that they thought of you and they sent the referral. Buyer or seller or attempted buyer or seller, doesn't matter. That's right. So if they sent you a referral and it closed, great. If they sent you a referral and it didn't close, great. You have to treat those people like gold. Because what you'll discover in your center of influence and past client list, right? You'll discover, let's say you have a list of 100 people. There are going to be a handful that are like your fans. They live to send you a referral. And if you don't root out who those people are, they're never going to feel appreciated. So you might think you know who they are, but then you got to start digging around because maybe you're just focused on the ones who sent you a referral that closed. Look for anybody that sent you anybody that was interested in buying or selling real estate, and you need to gift the heck out of those people. Show some massive appreciation yes invite them to whatever you know you're maybe you're doing the movie theater maybe you're doing the pumpkin thing maybe you're doing something at your house maybe you're just going to mail out holiday cards that's fine too but for those people you've got to do something extra special for them that involves you directly and overtly saying thank you i appreciate you yeah so one of our favorite ones is to do a simple nicely packaged bottle of wine uh, with a little holiday card attached to it. Okay, why wine? Well, I, I can't remember whether we did this or somebody we knew. We eventually figured out that leaving a pumpkin pie on the front porch was a really bad idea. Well, we never did pumpkin pies. It's such a joke. raccoons will eat them. Yeah, that's and right. And then people get really pissed right. because... It's all smeared around their front porch. So, guys, don't do the pumpkin pie. Okay. Yeah. Well, but the other reason yeah. we did alcohol, too, was because <laughs> if the people weren't home, uh, we always tried to deliver these wine bottles. <laughs> I just remember I had this memory of you and I rolling around yeah. with all the clink, 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 clink in the I back. Of the, uh, yeah. But we would always deliver these Saturday morning. Julie and I would get prettied up. We'd look, you know, try to look uh, holiday festive, whatnot. And we'd start delivering these bad boys. We'd start as early as Thanksgiving because, you know, they're going to be drinking in Thanksgiving as much as Christmas. Now, we would deliver the wine in a pretty gift uh, uh, bag. Why? Because maybe they weren't drinkers or maybe they didn't like our medium quality wine that we were giving out, right? And so they would want to re-gift it. That's fine. Re-gift it, right? So we didn't care. But we would deliver these, and this is key, Saturday morning. Why would we deliver it Saturday morning? They would all answer the door. And we wanted them to answer the door. We wanted to hand it to them. We just didn't want to leave it on their doorstep. Now, there were times, obviously, when we had to leave it on their doorsteps because maybe they didn't want to answer the door. We del- The wine wouldn't freeze. Remember, we're from Ohio. Everything mm-hmm. freezes in Ohio. Yeah. So we're, you know, that's the reason we used alcohol. But um, do be conscientious of the fact that there might be somebody in the house that is going to be a kid, for example. And you want to make sure that you are definitely putting the wine, if that's what you decide to do, in the direct contact with the receiver, not with somebody intermediary that's going to perhaps, you know, circle off and, you know, have a party with your wine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be wine. People have done really nice, classy-looking ornaments that look like at the front of a house. Um, I've had, remember, this is a smaller list. This might be right. your top, like, 25 people. I've had people uh, that know an artist, uh, ideally, somebody in your center of influence that you're giving business to, who will do a rendering, you know, a picture of the front of the house. I've seen people do that before. Uh, one of our clients does a really nice, um, like a bread gift basket because one of his past clients owns a bakery. So you can kind of connect the dots with your past clients and give back to them. That's always a nice thing. Um, think let's, think let's, about let's whether your gift is going to, remember, these are just as Julie just said, these are your best people. These are your crown jewel. not hundreds of them. This no. is like your top 25. But think about whether you want to give them something that's going to be, that they'll keep 
and maybe put it on a tabletop or whether it's going to be something perishable. Okay. Both have their benefits. So if you give them something that's going to, they're going to want to keep, you got to make sure it's something that's not just going to be holiday oriented. Otherwise it's going to be packaged up at the end of the holidays and forgotten about. Maybe as to Julie's point, it's a picture. Maybe it's a picture frame, something that's going to be, if they leave it out, they're going to remember it. And that way, when they're walking around their house, when they're thinking about buying or, or they're selling that house and they meander past this tchotchke that you gave them, they'll at least feel somewhat emotionally obligated to make sure they call you. Yeah, there, there's lots of great personalized gifts. Um, I saw somebody gave like a, a plaque that had the old address of the house that they sold that was kind of like a distressed kind of vintage looking thing that was kind of cute. Etsy has a lot of great ideas. Etsy's great. You know, there's all sorts of things that you can uh, peruse there, but, and, and some people really give this a ton of thought and they'll do maybe not the same gift for everybody. Maybe you've got a few really special clients and you want to super personalize that. Think how touched they would be by that. And I'll tell you related to this, Tim, we used to go on uh, listing appointments where the sellers would say, you know what? The person that sold me this house didn't even bother to give me a Christmas card. Yep. And you got to remember, anytime you are going on a listing appointment and you weren't the person that sold them the house, that previous agent has failed at this. That's back when you could say Christmas card. I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> but here's something else to think about. This is a, um, an idea that actually one of my uh, elite clients had. You can go to their social. You're going to love this. I haven't mm. told you. Mm. You can go to their social and you can find a picture of a beloved pet, dog, cat, uh, or their kids, some cute picture. People are always going to folk, you know, publish the best, the cutest pictures mm-hmm. on Instagram, especially. Find a really cute picture that they're obviously proud of that had a bunch of con- or comments and whatnot. You can then grab that picture and then you can uh, have that picture go to like a pop art or there's a whole bunch of these other companies that are out there that will take that picture and will make it into and put it on some kind of make it into a proper picture. Yeah. And maybe they can make it look like a Andy Warhol picture or they can make it look like some sort of different, you know, iteration mm-hmm. of the picture. Or maybe they can just have it be like you can have a picture uh, that is digital and you could send that to one of these companies and make it into a proper picture that looks like it was hand painted. Yeah, there's some really cool stuff. Minted.com does, you know, you can do like a travel mug with a picture on it you can do a coffee right. mug you can do pictures as you said it's all kinds of creative things and how thoughtful is that wouldn't you right. just melt if somebody thought to send that to you you'd be like wow they're they're really tuned in this i mean think about friend. that guys if someone knocks on your door some saturday morning and gives you this beautiful picture of you and your family from the whole you know the trip to hawaii that you took two years ago there's obviously a high point for your family and they give you this framed beautiful picture i mean that, what are you going to do, right? Send more referrals. That's <laughs> you're you're going to go door to door and you're going to look for, uh, you know, sellers for that agent. That's what you're going to do. Well, you're, you're going to have raving fans is what you're going to have yeah. because you bothered. And especially now where people are, are a little bit, you know, I mean, let's be honest, 2020 was not the easiest year. So nope. think about the impact of gifts like this in a year like this. And I'll give you another little quick idea as we round the bend. As you're scaling up and you're thinking about the nature of not having having a true center of influence list and then segregating out the best ones that are in there, for all of them, try to find out what their birthdays are. Again, use social. And then don't just do a silly thing on Facebook. Actually create a little video. Use your, use your, uh, your camera on your phone and send them a happy birthday of you singing them happy birthday. Yes, most of you are going to sing a horrible song, (laughs) Julie and I included. Well, me more than Julie. That makes it absolutely more authentic. That's right. (laughs) Exactly. But the more you spoil the people that actually are your best, you know, centers of influence and past clients, the more they're going to spoil you back. 
That's how life works in general. And if you're wondering why you're not getting more business from your centers of influence and past clients, it's probably just because you're not asking. So ultimately, all these nice little ideas, these bonding moments that we're trying to share with you guys to motivate you, inspire you, they're not worth crap unless you're following up and you're calling and you're actually asking for business. I promise you, you guys can drip stuff on them forever. You can drop off tchotchkes for, at their houses forever. But if you do not call them and you do not overtly ask for business, guess what's going to happen? Not a heck of a lot. And then you're going to say, Tim and Julie told me if I have 100 people that I should be able to get 10 transactions. And I dropped off all this stuff year round. And here's what we're going to say. Did we tell you to do that? No, we didn't. Did you do the things we asked you to do? Most, all seven points. Not all just seven the points. one you felt like doing. That's right. So there you guys go. Listen, thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast in the nation. Guys, celebrate what's going to be happening into next year. Be thankful that it's not going to be the dark ages like everyone was seemingly predicting three or four months ago because the momentum going into next year is going to be like, I think, nothing we've ever experienced before. The only thing we can liken it to is the frugality fatigued that ended after the last great recession where people said, you know what? I am sick of living in personal austerity. I'm sick of not going on vacations. I'm sick of, you guys get the idea. And then people went on a more than 10 year spending splurge. The biggest difference between now and then is back then the government hadn't printed trillions and trillions of dollars, which is going to make availability and access to credit super simple, not to mention very low interest rates. So what we very well could be on the very, you know, early stages of experiencing is one of the craziest, wildest rides in the economy that we've ever experienced. So get ready, get locked in. Get aligned with people that are going to help you, to elevate you, to take full advantage of this market. And never forget, guys, the highest and truest purpose of all this on, the, uh, on this planet, or maybe other planets too, Elon Musk will let us know when he gets back from Mars, is to be of service to other people. If there's anything we can do, do to be of service to you, always remember you can text me directly at 512-758-0206. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.